Hey everybody, it's Audrey Ellis and you're listening to Ask Audrey. Today I was thinking, because I've been feeling a lot better since the holidays, and I don't know if I've spoken about it before, but my father passed away and my dad passed away. Um, I want to say it's going on four years now, the three years? Three years now, it was February 24th, 2016. And if you've listened to episodes in the beginning, you know that he's not my biological dad, but he's the man who brought me home from the hospital and raised me. I consider it raising even until the day he passed, even though I was well into my 20s. So he passed away a couple years ago, and it was like the most devastating loss I've ever experienced in my life. Like It was so devastating that I felt like I was going crazy at different points in time. I felt like I was going to die at different points in time. It was just really traumatic. Because even though he had talked about it before, about how one day he has to go, I never really, I guess, considered that it could come so soon. So over the holidays, it was a rough time. I was, I started to feel it around like Halloween. I don't know why, but around Halloween, I started to realize that my emotions were starting to come up. And so I was thinking to myself, I need to cry, I need to cry, I need to cry so that I can get this out so that it, I won't like snap or freak out or flip out or anything. But no matter how hard I tried to, I just couldn't get the tears to come out. And I thought, if I can just cry, then it'll just make all of the other emotions subside and I'll feel a lot better. It didn't work. <sighs> so when Thanksgiving came, that's when I first started to feel like overwhelmed with emotion, but I still tried to suppress it and ignore it and pretend like it wasn't there. But Christmas was the worst. It just kind of all boiled over and, you know, I just had like these crazy mood swings. And I've learned because I went to therapy after he passed, because I knew regardless of the fact that oftentimes black people are taught not to go to therapy, but to only go to church, because I know that that's not like, for me, that's not a truth for life. I feel like therapy and church can go hand in hand. That's like I said, head in hand, but it's hand in hand. <laughs> but anyway, I know that both of those things can coincide in someone's life without canceling another one out or without lessening another one. Like the other one is still important. You know, church is still important. It still can be the main goal or the main, you know, form of foundation or grounding in a person's life. And therapy can just be a little added help. So because I know this, I went to therapy and I learned a lot of things. And so I knew that what I was going through was just, it's like a, a trigger. I learned from therapy that, you know, different seasons and different times of the year can trigger emotions because you're used to a person being there, your body and your spirit and everything about you senses that person, but then your mind remembers that the person actually isn't here. So then that's when like the imbalance comes of emotions. You go, you know, all the way far right with anger and then all the way far left with sadness and it just becomes a little bit too difficult to deal with. So <clears throat> I did learn that sometimes you just have to let those emotions be. You know, and hopefully if there's like an aftermath of the storm that comes from those emotions, that hopefully people around you will, you know, understand and they'll come back around and they'll be loving and supportive. And if they're not, you know, you just got to chalk it up to life. You know, life can hit hard and nothing you can do about it except for keep getting up each day. That's what my mother always says, you know, when life hits hard, you just have to keep getting up. Just keep getting up because one day you won't have to keep getting up. You'll be up. You'll already be there. So I just kept getting up. During this Christmas season, during this holiday season, during the new year and everything, I just kept getting up, but I was having a difficult time. It was really, really hard because, you know, my everything about me sensed my dad, but 
you know, my mind remembered that he's not here. But now it's been midway through January. And of course, I had this new venture that I've started, which has gotten me excited. And it's a good distraction, you know, on top of being something that I want to do. It also serves as a good distraction because in therapy, you'll learn that, too. And you have to find things that can help you generate happiness and the serotonin in your brain so that you can kind of put more effort into releasing serotonin into your body as opposed and dopamine dopamine yeah as opposed to all of the negative you know adrenaline and things like that that go in when you're stressed and you're sad and depressed so i kept doing i started doing this and of course the holiday season is over now he did pass away in february so i don't know if i'll feel anything you know emotional about it i mean he passed away and then a few weeks later his service came two days after my birthday, so it might be a little difficult again. I don't know, but I know how, you know, I know how to deal with it. And I know that I can deal with it when that time comes. So, you know what? Just looking forward to facing it and getting through it, through it the way I got through the holiday season. But in this episode, I kind of wanted to talk about what is like the the best way to process grief. Some people like to say, I've heard people say, you know what, just give yourself... A certain amount of time and then after that time you have to force yourself to just get back up whether it's a month whether it's six months whether it's a year they give themselves a deadline and they say okay after that time I have to be up no matter what for me I don't agree with that I feel like you have to allow yourself to process whatever you need to process for however long and you have to also be honest with yourself sometimes we get stuck in a rut and stuck in emotions and we realized long before we got stuck in the rut that the rut was over that the the main source of the pain was done but we didn't we didn't accept it we didn't acknowledge it we didn't you know like concede to it or adhere to it we decided I still don't feel like getting back up so I'm going to you know just kind of wallow it in a little bit wallow in it a little bit longer and to each their own because pain is still difficult so that's a choice that still comes from pain but I still feel like you know you have to allow yourself the time to process, but you have to also allow yourself freedom to be honest and say, you know what, I'm not feeling as sad anymore, so maybe I should st- try to stop crying as much. Let me stop, try to stop thinking about it to the point of tears because I'm not thinking about it like that as much on my own. And that's just, you know, the way I noticed it for myself. I noticed that when, let's see, for the first three months after he passed away, it was very difficult. I feel like I cried every single day. But then I realized that naturally, that lesson from every single day to every couple of days and so on and so forth to the point that it was like a couple of times a month and then it just kept going but then there came a period where all of a sudden I came right back into the crying every single day phase and I realized that it's something that I did only because I didn't really know what else to do I wasn't ready to go to therapy so when I realized I put myself back into this whole crying every day and I want to say put myself that sounds so judgmental and so blaming because I have to you have to be gentle on yourself when you're going through things like that, you don't want to blame yourself or tell yourself that you're wrong or you're bad or you're doing something wrong on purpose. But I had to be honest and think about it. What really, initially the tears were uncontrollable, you know, like for the first few months after it happened, it was uncontrollable. I couldn't stop it. But when I noticed that it was when I ruminated on certain things and the thoughts would just play over like a movie in my head. And I noticed that whenever I didn't think about it, I didn't cry. But when I allowed myself to go into this space and sit alone, and then all of a sudden just, you know, and I have to say, for me, it was kind of forcefully thinking about it because I was like, I don't have anything else to do. And I, you know, 
just decided to go into the corner or go into a room and just think about him to the point that I cried, I had to realize maybe I should do something different, you know, because it's not happening wherever I go anymore. It's not happening wherever I am. It's happening when I stop and I put myself in that place of mourning. If I put myself in that place of grief, like the grief is already in me. So when I put myself in the place to feed it, then I make it worse. So I decided, you know what? Let me take up a hobby. Now, how I processed grief, grieved. <laughs> what? Okay. Who Grieved. I'm not making up new words. I'm not heard. I'm not doing that. Anyway, how I processed grief after the first few months of crying every day and, you know, when it started to subside a little bit was I decided to, number one, I enrolled in school because I figured having deadlines for assignments and having papers due and things like that would be a good way to have a distraction. And then I chose to take a lot of psychology classes because I figured somehow that might be cathartic. Like I might somehow find a therapeutic value to taking these psychology classes, which I did. I got to write a couple of papers that my professors really loved and they said they were emotional just reading them and it happened to be about grief. One of one of my classes was, um, I wanna say it was like psychology of the aging. So one of our papers had to do with how people process grief and I was like, oh, how apropos, what a wonderful time to have to do this. So I got to write it out. After taking some classes and working towards, you know, my degree in, in communications and getting really good grades, I was on the honor roll and I was on, I said honor roll, was it honor roll? No, no, and that's in elementary school. I was on the honors list when I had a certain amount of credits below full-time. And then when I took full-time uh, classes, I was on the dean's list. So, you know, I made it a a good distraction because during that time I had a lot of excitement and joy from doing so well in school and it boosted the serotonin levels. So I got an, another idea. One of my classes during this time was music theory because it's one of the requirements. So after I took a music appreci appreciation class, I decided, you know what? And I learned from psychology and from music appreciation that there is a such thing as music therapy. Music therapy is something that people do when they've gone through something traumatic and it helps them to cope. So I went and I took singing lessons. Now don't ask me to sing because I'm not going to do it, but you might hear me do it like just a little bit one day. I didn't take it for too long. So <laughs> anyway, I decided to take singing lessons and I did that for a couple of months and it actually was as therapeutic as I, you know, as I learned when I was reading into it and looking into it. It was one of the most fun and exciting things it, it brought so much energy and and produced so much like dopamine and serotonin just from the fun of it all just from you know the how should i say the mystery of, of it all you know trying to figure out how to get your voice to do certain things even if you don't sound great or do it well it didn't matter and i had a great teacher who you know said things like that like you know you may not sound great right now but it doesn't matter only you have to like what you're doing and so it was very therapeutic as it was supposed to be so that was one of the main things after going to school and going to school is a great thing. But when I look at school compared to taking singing lessons, I feel like school was another, it's just like a, another form of stress. It was still a distraction, but it was still another form of stress. When I took the uh, singing classes, it was just all joy and fun. Some people might want to do piano classes or guitar lessons or something like that, but whatever it is, music therapy really is a great way to deal with grief because I don't even know. I just, it, I feel like in any form, music feeds the soul. You know, like think about when you're at home and you're you're bored. Do you find yourself like singing sometimes? Just whatever your favorite song is that pops into your head, you just start, you know, 
acting out your favorite music video or something, or when you're in your car alone and you're on your way to work. Sometimes playing your favorite song gets you pumped up and gets you jammed up to be able to go into that job and just do it for the next eight hours. So people have the freedom to wear headphones while they're at work and it helps them to keep motivated while working a job, whether you love it or you hate it. Sometimes the music helps you to do it. We go to the gym, we play music, we go just anywhere we go, we play music. So music therapy really was like the greatest form of therapy to get me started through the process of healing from the grief. After that, I felt, I want to say comfortable and confident enough to go seek out actual like physical, not physical, psychological therapy. It gave me the confidence and the, the peace to say, okay, you know what, now it's time for the next step. So I started off with one thing as a distraction to the stress. Like it, and I took one stress and just flipped it and made it another from processing his, his passing to processing papers and quizzes and essays and things like that in school. And after that, I took it to music therapy. Like it's time to try to find something that actually brings joy as opposed to just distracting one stress with another. And then after that, I decided, okay, you know what? Now it's time to really address this. It's going to have to like, you know, reopen some wounds a little bit, but it's time to really address it. But I baby stepped my way into it as I saw fit in the order that I decided to choose. It wasn't specific. It wasn't thought out. It was kind of random. It just happened the way it did, but it worked out. And I know I sound like a little, um, <laughs> a little breathy, but you know, talking about grief is still a difficult thing. You know, I still, you know, have to breathe through it because I don't want to allow myself to fall back into that, you know, into the thought patterns and to the old habits that I had before. And I feel like I'm doing really well. You know, three years is a long time, but at the same time, it's still short. It's not like a whole decade or even half a decade, but you know, it's not the first year that it happened. You know, I'm not experiencing first Christmases without him. I'm not experiencing first birthdays without him. So it, it works, you know, it gets better over time and it really does. You know, you still have triggers and still have moments and seasons where you feel some kind of way, but it's just easy. It gets easier to deal with, you know, easier and easier. So I just wonder how other people deal with grief. If any other people have ever tried music therapy or have ever tried, you know, just a good distraction, a good hobby or a good, you know, redirecting of your energy. Like, it's funny because I was watching one of my favorite shows, This Is Us. I was watching on NBC and when uh, Kate got pregnant, she wanted to continue to go to work, but the doctor told her it's too much stress on the body. And she was like, I can't just sit at home. If I sit at home, I will freak out over this and I will, you know, just, I can't do it. So her husband found something that she's always wanted to do and turned it into her new hobby to keep her distracted while she works on nurturing and caring for the baby that's growing inside of her. And it was school. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I did that one time when I was, you know, going through my own form of stress. I chose school as a distraction. And so it was just really cool to see that on one of my favorite shows because I'm like, this is real life. So I wonder how many other people, how many other people have processed grief in similar ways or have tried to cope with grief or deal with it in similar ways, you know, chosen something as a distraction or chosen an unorthodox form of therapy to help get them back on their feet, you know. If you've never tried music therapy, I highly recommend it because it can be the most amazing thing you do. It just, music is good for the soul. That's all I can say. And I don't think many people, if any people, can disagree. Just tell me a time that you don't stand around or sit around singing your favorite song whenever you, whenever it just gets too quiet or it gets too melancholy. Tell me you don't do that and then let's have a debate. But no one's going to do that. <laughs> anyway. I thank you so much for listening to all of you and 
exciting. I'm so excited. My listenership has been kept saying that I had an average of about three to four listeners, sometimes five, and now I'm seeing seven, eight, and even 12 on old episodes and even new ones. So welcome to the team. Welcome to the community. I thank you for joining. I hope you enjoy and I hope you listen again tomorrow.